everyone, it's Daniel here. This is season two of the Wanderneer podcast, and um, I'm excited for you to hear it. So uh, before I introduce who I was interviewing, um, if that, I think that's correct English. Anyway, but uh, before I do that, uh, I want to give you some context. So this is season two of the Wanderneer podcast, like I said, and if you were trying to listen to another podcast, then, uh, then that's fine. But for those who do want to listen, continue listening. But um, I got this cool opportunity to meet this really dope artist named Grave Violet. Super nice. Um, m- the music is cool. We really got along in terms of talking and all that stuff. So it, it was a great conversation. Uh, but I met Gray before all of this um, at this festival called Black Joy, which if you... If you follow the Wandering Year, we dropped an article on that, so you can check that out. Uh, and we also, like, there's, uh, I also had, like, an audio, like, ex- uh, interview thing. So if you want to listen to that, I can drop that also. But where we're at, so I can paint the picture and give you context. We are by the Amazon Spheres in in Seattle. Um, if you hate Amazon, then I don't know if you want to listen to this episode, because... I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm in a place where you don't like it, so, yeah, that's fine, but for those that don't really care where my location is at, and you're not part of the Eat the Rich version of Twitter, and if you don't understand that reference, then, yeah, but anyway, so, for those that want to continue to listen, continue listening, but, uh, we are at the, the Spears and Amazon, so it's kind of loud, so if you hear uh buses honking and things like that just know that we're outside so yeah that but um it's really cool and then so uh anyway uh without further ado let's get to it so if you can introduce yourself that'd be nice um so my name is gray violet i'm a singer songwriter and poet um i use she her pronouns and I'm currently living in the Seattle area. That's cool. Um, so we're here in Seattle by the Spears. Um, what do you think about Seattle so far? Well, um, even though I'm just now like living here again for college, I uh, lived in Redmond for about like six to nine years and we always go to Seattle. Everything I do is in Seattle. So it doesn't feel like new to me. Um, I like Seattle. I like the fact that it's a major city, but yet, like, quote-unquote important people are still very accessible. So, like, if you want opportunities, you can go find them and, like, find the people and go through the proper channels without having to, like, know someone who knows someone. I feel like a lot of opportunities and people are very accessible, but you still get the, like, urban lifestyle, like, being in the city, which I really think is really cool. Yeah, that's cool. So, so you're talking about accessibility. Do you think that Seattle does a good job of being accessible to everybody? Or do you think that there are things that Seattle needs to work on that are not accessible? And, and, and it can be accessibility in a very broad sense or in a very narrow sense, whichever way you want to look at it. In terms of accessibility... I feel like, on a general level, it's pretty accessible as an artist. I don't know how it is for everything, but as an artist, it's pretty accessible. So 
especially as a youth artist, like if you're under 21, there are so many places you can go, so many internships you can take, like groups you can work with um, to like prepare you for your like artistic adult like career if that's what you're into. But on a smaller level, I find that sometimes, especially as like a black person being in the settings, um, you can encounter a lot of like microaggressions and like people who mean well, but it's like you might not always be able to speak. Like you might have to constantly code switch. And at least for me, I would sometimes feel like guilt at some of the opportunities I've gotten because I've been someone who came code switch. Like I know how to exist, I guess, in like predominantly white spaces. So yeah, like to answer your question in the short run, in general it's pretty accessible, but if you're like a black person, if you're a queer person, if you're a black queer person, sometimes sometimes you just kinda feel like you don't always belong. There's not enough people who look like you in these spaces and you kinda have to advocate for yourself sometimes. I see. It makes sense. Um, I think yeah, I think that makes sense because yeah, if you're not able to to kind of like say what you want or talk for yourself, um, I could see how someone could feel that they're like shunned by everything. Um, but I mean, if you're able to talk for yourself, or 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 at the very least, get to someone who can talk for you, I guess in in a way, um, I think that also is okay too. Um, yeah, yeah. So. So first, so for Seattle, Seattle's known for like grunge and rock and all that kind of stuff in terms of music. Do you think that Seattle is still like a music place or do you think that we've lost our roots in terms of being like a music city, music central? Mm. Central. I don't think we've lost our roots. I think it was still a music city. I still think that we're severely underestimated. Like, when people think of music, they don't, most people, they don't think about Seattle, New York, LA, Chicago, whatever. So, I feel like we definitely are. I feel like, especially, like, my generation of, like, artists, amazing. Like, my friends are amazing. Like, and I like the fact that now I feel like, as artists, at least in the groups I'm in, we're getting away from genre. So, like like in my opinion when it comes to genre it's up to like music writers to be like well i'll give you a genre but as artists we don't need to be thinking about genre while we're in our artistic process and so i'm seeing so many different types of experimental music and blending of genres and people like infusing their own culture whatever that may be into these different genres and so i totally think that um I, I totally think that we're a great place for music. We're still gonna be a great place of music. And also, like, as a community, we're a pretty kind artistic community. I've been to other cities and the artistic community is not always as kind. So I feel like not only will people, will like young artists learn from people in Seattle, but if they do make it big, they'll pour back into the communities that have given them so much. So I think between that cycle, I think that would be pretty okay as an artistic club. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I really like that because I'd say 
Like I've been, I mean, I'm not super deep into the Seattle like scene, all right? But like, I mean, I've been in it maybe for the last couple of years, but I will say that like, for the most part, I feel like I could reach almost anybody and just be like, hey, I'm so-and-so and I'm throwing this concert. Definitely. Would you like to perform? And I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like if I was in like LA, like for example, I had a very, I was trying to plan a, 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 a tour for, um, for a friend who, mm-hmm. who yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool, who uh, wanted to go to LA, but COVID happened and all that stuff. But nonetheless, it was extremely hard to like, to like get my door in unless I like knew someone. And, yeah, and I feel like in Seattle, anybody can throw a concert as long as you like know people that can perform and you got a venue, and I think it's like you're exactly. Set. And people yeah. are really big on helping out others. Like, I think it's cool. Like, I've got an opportunity sometimes because, like, I'll have an artist mutual and they'll be like, yo, I got this opportunity, but I can't do it. I also think that's something where, like, that's cool. people. It's like this thing amongst artists sometimes, but it's like positions are limited. So you gotta hoard like any chance you get. And it's like, there's room for all of us. So I think it's dope when like my artists will come to me and they'll be like, hey, I, I got asked to do this, but I can't do it. But I, where, you know, like I told them about you. Are you down to do it? I think that's dope. That's and cool. like, we should, that should be normalized. But instead in some spaces you get this thing where it's like if i don't get the opportunity then no one can i'm not gonna tell people i'm not gonna communicate with people and then it's not it's not healthy and so like going off of what you were saying about how like sometimes in order to like throw a function like an artistic function you gotta go to this person or that person this will take like gatekeepers exactly i find that people in seattle are very big on helping you out and just giving you chances like the fact that I got to perform at the Black Joy Festival was insane to me Mm -hmm. giving me a chance I'm not like an established artist but like Maven hit me up and they were like you want to perform I'm performing you want to perform I was like sure and like that's how you and like I and like I would do the same in environments I'm in and that's how you learn that's how you grow and so I love that about Seattle that people are so willing to help out like help you out especially if you're a new artist just like give you a chance and pay you as well like it's not just like exposure (laughs) it's like no like you want to pay artists i think that that's super important that's awesome it's really cool yeah yeah i like that yeah because like yeah you know because i mean like i don't know i look at it this way it's like literally at the end of the day it's like everyone can have a chance at the table it's just like Here's your chance, and then it's up to you to decide how you're gonna make it work. Yeah, you know, like I put in my uh, arm and leg into the situation, so you should you know, put in your your share of whatever it is. And even if you like can't perform properly, at least do enough if you can, and then we can continue to work. But like, if you show up acting all like dramatic and stuff, then it's like, yeah, exactly. you're out of here. Exactly, yeah. and having a good attitude, like the funny thing about Seattle, it's good to be kind to everyone. One, because it's like be a decent person, just be kind. Yeah, That's of course, just a yeah. good thing. Yeah, but, yeah. but if you are looking at it from like an opportunistic way, it is good to be kind because you never know 
when you might need someone like i know that i've had i've been in situations where i've worked with people who have not been great so then when i get opportunities because i've done some like youth leadership like internships and positions around seattle like for instance i did some stuff for the seattle art museum and it was this big event we got to um co-curate a gallery like our own team gallery picked the artist it was very stressful but i loved it and they wanted right and they wanted performers so now me i was like oh i got friends and i got people who i'll hit up because they were kind to me when i didn't have that position when i wasn't doing stuff and so that's just something i've learned like just be a decent person because and also too people in seattle like if you go to new york you can tell like who's got money and who's like successful by like how they dress, what they do. But like in Seattle, I've literally seen people roll up to functions in t-shirts and sweatpants but give like 50K to an organization. So it's just like, it's just like assuming, like assuming is not going to get you far in Seattle because you do not know. So just treat everyone with respect because you never know what circles you might float in. Your reputation is important, you know? That's crazy. Yeah, that's a that's a very that's a very like Seattle-ish like <laughs> picture. Yeah, because yeah. Like, yeah, it's true. Like someone can pull up in like a Honda Civic with like Birkenstocks <laughs> and ripped right. up pants, and you're like, oh, this guy's a bum. But he, you know, he's out here balling like. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then you're it's like, crazy. you lose business, you lose <laughs> yeah. whatever. Like, yeah, it's a waste yeah. of time. Exactly. Yeah. But I kind of like that though. Yeah. Like people in Seattle, you just vibe. Like, of course, like, fashion, because, like, I'm weird, because my parents are from the East Coast. I was born in Nashville. So, I still have some of the, like, East Coast flair, where, like, if I want to stunt, I will stunt. But I like living here, because sometimes people don't care about the restaurants, and they're just free to experiment, and there's no, like, ooh, well, like, what's this person wearing? Because depending on what that person's wearing, I'm going to wear this. It's like, I just want to... Experiment and I love that. I think that that's super cool. Like living in Seattle has been super freeing for me in terms of my sense of style, in terms of experimentation. Like it's been amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, I will say though, you have nice style. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's all over the place. Yeah, I can't choose an aesthetic. I feel it. How would you? How would you? How would you say your style is if you can? Okay. Even if it's not, like, super, like, definite, but, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, number one is comfort. Comfort is very important. That's, That's why true. I have my sneakers. Like, hey. I am someone Air Force Ones, I feel it. Yes. I believe <laughs> in the art of dress sneakers, as in the sneakers that you don't, like, wear all around. Hmm. You just kind of keep them clean, uncreased, and nice. And when you have to dress up, you wear your dress sneakers. Like, me and heels just don't get along. We don't. Yeah. We don't roll together. She's not a good time for me. Yeah. So comfort is important. You will always look better if you're comfortable rather than if you're not. Because you carry yourself better, feel better, then you're going to look better. So comfort is super important to me. Um, I guess in terms of style, I like some like alternative fashion. I think that is super cool. Mm-hmm. Like like the e-boy, e-girl kind of look. Yeah, I think I it's like. fun. Sometimes I have my moments where I like to do that. Of course. Um, I also, I love the like, 
late 80s, early 90s, like art student look with like the mom jeans, your t-shirts. Like, honestly, if like I, my, one of my goals is to literally dress like, um, like, um, Denise from like the Cosby show slash okay. a different world, like that style on she point. Got style. Style for days. For days. Yeah, so like I agree. I'm heavily influenced <laughs> by like nineties, eighties and nineties style. Yeah. Um, I think that's super dope. But then at the same time, like if we're looking at like modern day people like Tiana Taylor, I love her sense of style because it's very like tomboy, but then it's like some very like traditionally like feminine elements i like how she like branches off between like tight and loose and like finding like and like layering and stuff i think that that's super cool like i'm trying i'm trying to get like that so i guess if i were to try to pinpoint myself stylistically which can. is very <laughs> <It's> hard <laughs> it would be it would it would be like 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 the three main things are like e-girl like alternative give me chokers give me chains um or or like you know art student like 80s 90s art student yeah, yeah, yeah. and lastly like streetwear like tomboy yeah. fashion yeah. so i like that that's kind of me in a, trying to be in a nutshell yeah really, that's cool <laughs> thank you <laughs> that's really cool um so so Let's so let's see. Uh, let's let's go to music. So, what what did you listen to when you were younger? Ooh, okay. okay. Um, I listened to Coldplay a lot when I was younger. Coldplay's cool. Love them. They're dope. Maroon Five. One of like my earliest memories of singing songs was I would sing Sunday Morning. That was my That's a nice song. Favorite song. Little Me was singing. Feel it. Yeah. Um, I would listen to. I remember I listened to this like Roberta Flack album, um, the one that she had, the one where it was killing me softly, like that oh. album, whatever mm -hmm. album that was, I remember listening to that when I was little. Um, one of my favorite songs from when I was little, and I still like it, is uh, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You, but the Lauryn Hill version. That was what I like grew up listening to. Yeah. And then when I started getting into musical theater, I found the Frankie Valley version, like the original version. Yeah. I fell in love with both and okay. I, I love that. So yeah, I would listen to basically like my parents, especially my dad, would just show me all kinds of music. But he was very into like 80s synth pop, which like heavily influenced the music that I want to make. Love 80s synth pop. Yeah. And Oh, we would also listen to like electronic music, like techno. Yeah. We would love that. Like we would be in the car, like you know when it starts to ramp up, ramp up, and yeah. it's a drop, and then yeah. it just like starts going. We would be hype about that. Um, like some like '90s hip hop, because that's the era that my dad grew up in, especially living in like New York. So we, of course, yeah. we listen to that. Like '90s R&B, smooth jazz, like everything. Like my dad, like to be like to be especially to be like a black person and all like the stereotypes that go around that he had and still has such a diverse music taste and he passed that on me which yeah, is amazing that's awesome. so editor version of daniel speaking like there's a certain point where my phone bugged out and so there's like 
a like a pause so just like count to 10 and then you'll hear the rest of what i was gonna say so you have to learn to set yours and like unabashedly have your boundaries and set them because when it's when it comes time to like do stuff people will be very good about telling you i'm busy i don't have it right now but like if you do all the giving you know like that's it just has to be mutual mm -hmm. it has to be a two-way street and like you gotta protect your energy especially if you are in the arts in some way energy is so important and you gotta protect it like your zen mm -hmm. your whatever you believe in or whatever you don't believe what you want to call it what what whatever thing it is inside you that like helps you live your life helps you figure stuff out you gotta protect it and you, like you can't just have anyone up in your like immediate space because they can mess with like your center and your zen your vibe yeah, yeah. your energy and yeah. it's just not it's not always good. Yeah, I feel it. So, so, um, so, um, as an artist, when do you? Is there, is there like, is there like a certain like time when you feel that like you're about to write a song? Does it just hit you, or is it just like, all right, I'm gonna sit down today and like for the next twelve hours not do anything yeah. until I write a, a lyric or two? Like, how do you? How do you like click to write a song? Because I've always wondered like, yeah. how do people write songs? Well, um, two things. Okay, so one, okay, are you like familiar with like the Pavlov's dog Oh yeah, the little, the little bell thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, in case like people don't quite know what that is, in short, there was a guy, I believe his name is Pavlov, and he wanted to like train dogs to like drool or something at the sound of a bell and so basically he created an environment in which they would drool and he got them used to it so much that eventually without even needing like a treat or whatever they could just hear the bell and it would like trigger all like the environmental stuff and then they drool so i'm saying this because that's kind of sometimes like especially like professionally like, someone's like you have to write a poem you have to write something. I have to have something ready. I put myself in a creative zone. So like I set, so like at home, I'm still trying to figure out how this works now that I have a thing I'm sure it's But at home in my room, I have, you know, like the colored like LED lights oh, that cool. everybody has. It's yeah. basic, but it's aesthetic and we love it. That's cool. So I think, so I always set it to like this golden light. That's my creative light. I don't use that light for anything else. So I set that color. And I have my like special playlist. It's called, it's called my Vibes playlist. Vibes with a Z because we were feeling witty. Of course. <laughs> um, yes. And so I have that, <laughs> and I only listen to that when I'm ready to be creative. Yeah. So I set the mood so that like as I keep doing it over and over again, whenever those lights turn on and that playlist turns on, I'm like, oh, I'm, I need to create. Uh, so I like set the zone. That's if I'm trying to be intentional. Most of the time. I like being, and that's also something that I can probably talk about later, figuring out how to like organically create stuff, but follow deadlines and like be professional about it. But I like, I like to be as organic as possible in my process. So sometimes I'll just sit and like experience poetry or like just listen to music and feel the vibes. And I create some of my best work, fun fact, when I'm delirious, like hmm. super tired, because I feel like it's like my brain 
has space because I'm not thinking about stresses of the day, the day is over. My brain has space to just focus on like creativity. But yet I'm super tired, so I can't like judge myself and be as heavy on myself. And when I oh, get that's crazy. Right? It's like yeah. kind of insane. But like <laughs> when I get delirious and I have my music and it's kind of trippy. Um but like we're totally like sober and everything. Of we're course, just of course. we're high off the moment. Um <laughs> we <laughs> Um, I kind of entered the state. Do you watch Avatar, The Last Airbender? I have seen it. Okay, so you know when Aang goes into his Avatar state yeah. and he starts fighting people and then he goes back and he's a 12 year old boy and he's like, yeah. what happened? Yeah. When I'm kind of lyrics, I get into that state where I go somewhere. Like, I will write for however long, yeah. I'll go somewhere, and then it ends. And then I look at what I did and I'm like, well, how did I do that? And I honestly, like, couldn't tell you how I did that. Like that part, I just genuinely don't know. Yeah. Like that's something because I like, at least for me personally, I do believe that like art is like energetic and art is like spiritual, whatever that may be. And so for me, it's like, I guess it's like a spiritual moment where like I go somewhere and like, it's like me and whatever power, whatever being it is that helps me create. And I just go someplace and I come out of it. And then I'm like shook at what I wrote. Yeah, like, and that's the... Yeah. That's crazy. So that's the crazy thing. So yeah. yeah, it's like enter a little like artistic avatar state when I'm when I'm trying to be like natural about it. When I actually have a deadline, you know, I make my environment a certain way, and the only and I only have factors that are there for only like when I create. Like I don't put on the golden lights to chill. I don't put on the golden lights to watch Netflix. Those are my purple lights, by the way. But like you know, I just kind of. <laughs> I have certain things that are only for creating, so it trains my brain. Yeah. It's time to work, so, yeah. That's really cool. Thank you. you. know, yeah, it's, it's cool how, you, how you're talking about um, how you get into, like, another dimension or space. Or, yeah. Um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like my best work is, yeah, is when, is either when I'm super, super tired or it's, like, when I'm, like, in another universe sometimes it's not sometimes I do like upon myself or, but you know anyway <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, but yeah no I mean like yeah I feel like that that does make sense because then like you're you're like you're like you're like able to not to like not you know look at yourself so critically and then you look at what you did and you're like whoa this is cool exactly yeah. and it's that moment of like yeah. getting shook at yourself and being like why oh, wrote that yeah i did this like what <laughs> and yeah. then i get happy and that's also something you gotta fangirl fanboy fan person over your own work for a little bit like give yourself five good minutes of complete narcissism like look at your work fan out over it yeah. tell yourself that's dope yeah. find the moments of Bars, yeah. like find that have that mo give yourself five minutes of that that's yeah. okay because you gotta be a little bit like I feel like every artist is narcissistic because you have to be narcissistic to like get on stage especially the performing arts to like yeah. get on stage and be like people are gonna watch me and yeah. I'm feeling it like you gotta be narcissistic but you gotta like balance it out Wow. but just because like some people may hate your stuff some people may not like it and also just for performing it even, 
you have to know the parts that get you excited mm. about your stuff mm. so that if you're performing it because like if you're not hype about your work and you're performing it it's gonna fall flat because like especially like like i said i'm not an established artist so it's not like i'm like it's not like i'm like beyonce or something where yeah. like everybody knows beyonce's song she can just hold the mic out exactly and the audience can give a whole concert exactly. themselves exactly. people don't know what i'm saying they've yeah. never heard of what i'm saying so yeah. like i have to be hyped about my own stuff and know the parts that i'm excited about so that i can give off that energy when i perform and that comes from like right after i like write something giving myself five minutes of narcissism then after that then after you have your narcissistic moment where you give yourself energy because like i said people are gonna hate people are gonna people might hate your work not like it be mean you gotta center yourself and be happy enough for yourself to like like it and then after you do that and like have that moment with yourself then like edit judge be like my syntax is off yeah. and i need to fix it yeah. like of course do that i think that there's nothing wrong with a little bit of narcissism as long as you will like put the work in to be a little bit narcissistic but if you're not putting any work then like you don't you don't earn the right to be like that's true narcissistic yeah. you know that's like yeah. ill yeah. you know yeah uh, yeah you know that's 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 uh, that's that's pretty crazy because uh, you know i i've never like sang a song in front of anybody and i don't think i i mean maybe i can sing that never say never you know, that's true you know? that is true <laughs> that is true all right good point good point um but you know i've always i've always had respect for like artists performers and whatnot because you are you are putting yourself out there in a position where like 10 people five people hundreds of people thousands of people however much people are there and they're like eyes are locked on you some are on their phone but it, you know it is what it is <laughs> but but for the most part it's it's you know people are focused on you people are screaming your name or like oh let's go let's go like how do you one or two things or three things actually sorry uh, <laughs> one how do you like get to that point where you're performing and you're not scared and two how do you get to the point where you can't hear like the judgment around or like get distracted by like you know me on my phone searching yeah. up like my bank account or something yeah. uh and then three like how do you are you like what's your process for you before you perform like are you scared are you excited are you like you know do you drink a lot of water do you eat a hamburger like how do you <laughs> yeah you know what I mean? well um hmm. okay so the first thing see was how do you even get performing anyway like, yeah, yeah, yeah like not, how do you perform how like, do you perform um yeah, aren't you scared that's something that honestly i kind of struggle with a little bit like stage presence figuring out because like i don't like to like embarrass myself and i don't like to be like corny and i feel like 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 beyonce or someone can like whip her hair and look, look cool i don't really have hair to whip so that's not like, really the mood yeah. but like <laughs> i just will look corny yeah. so trying to find that piece that is uniquely you is something i'm still kind of searching for i think i'm like close to having it but i'm still like looking for 
So I guess in terms of performance, um, number one, I think of why am I here? Why am I performing? And yeah, I perform because it gives me joy, but it's also a way to connect with people. Like I said, I'm really big on like energy. Like you have your own energy, I have my own energy. And right now it's like an exchange of energies. Anytime you come to contact with someone, it's an exchange of energies. Of course. So it's like, for me, I'm just like thinking about, okay, how, I don't sometimes even see myself as a performer sometimes, more like a like facilitator of like a certain energy. So it's like, what's the kind of energy I want to bring to the space? And then how, what can I do to make people feel safe to join in and give their own energy? How can we make this a shared experience with all of us feeling the vibes, whatever the vibes may be? And like my way of doing that is through like music and poetry, facilitating like dope energy. And so when I think of it that way, it makes it a lot easier. Cause when I think of it as, oh, I'm just performing, then that's like nerves. Cause it's like people are watching you. It feels very, it, it, it feels like, very like I'm performing the audience is very passive I don't want any audience I'm performing to take a passive role they're just as important to the experience as I am to the experience so I want them to join in I want them to feel whatever they need to feel if they want to cry if they want to scream if they want to laugh shout I just want I just want to feel the vibes you know and so it's like when I stop thinking about myself as a performer and start thinking of myself like I said like a like facilitator of like vibes it makes it feel like easier because then it feels like a teamwork process like I'm not just carrying this myself I'm like helping I'm a part of something it makes things easier so I guess that's the answer to like one of the questions and the other question is do I get scared yeah yes <laughs> yes <laughs> my my general process well like the black joy festival for instance was a vibe because see okay I am not a soft-spoken, like, talker. Like, you know, like, some singers, like, if you, listen, like, if you hear, like, Mariah Carey speak, she always talks like this, and she's so quiet and calm. I cackle, I yell, and I cackle <laughs> yeah. all the time. And the festival was literally doing my college orientation week, where I had just met my art friends. I was sitting up to, like, 2 in the morning, cackling with them about art yeah. and stuff. So, like, I had to shut up. On Friday, I stopped talking. I said, I need to shut up and drink tea and get myself together because this is not gonna work for this moment. Yeah, yeah. And so I drank <laughs> a crap ton of water. So that's generally what I do before a performance. I drink a crap ton of water and tea. Tea, I live for tea, I love tea. That's kind of my like compromise because I know that I'm not like the healthiest when it comes to like talking and whatnot. Like I talk way too much too loudly this is like bad for your voice but i drink tea to kind of balance that out yeah. that's my thing so i have to drink tea um like right before my performance like five minutes i try to take some time for myself to just breathe a little bit and like be like, okay i got this um i'll usually have like a playlist of sorts so like a fun playlist that'll get me like hype for the moment because like you gotta be like hyped but centered at the same time it's like a weird a weird space like you have to be right. like grounded in like your art but yeah. you also have to be hype enough to like it's like yeah you yeah. know to like to like 
to like go out there and get people like excited exactly uh, exactly you don't want to come at least for me i don't it doesn't work for me coming out like what's popping y'all how we doing all right like i have to be i that's not i want to give off those vibes but i don't instead i just look like look archer yeah. and <laughs> we don't want that so yeah so that's what i do i just kind of take some time for myself remind myself of why i'm performing what i'm doing for like the black joy festival was really dope because i got to see performers before i performed so i already was kind of centering myself and my art getting hyped and that's another thing i like that when i go to like showcases with like a couple different people performing mm -hmm. i stay and i watch everyone because one that's a decent thing to do in my opinion because we're all in it together yeah. but two it helps get me excited for my performance because now like i said it's all energy so like I'm receiving their energy, and their energy is helping carry me so that now I can go out and do my thing. So yeah, I just kind of vibe. I try to experience art, take some time for myself. I drink water and copious amounts of tea, and I try not to cackle as much. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. Wow, that's, that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, I really like how you said that you are a, um, you're in charge of people's energy. Yeah. Um, I think that I, th I, th uh, I think that's a very important thing to be aware of, and I feel like if you're not in, like in charge of people's energies, like someone who may be not on your you know energy level or wavelength can like disband you and then like you know like the day's over basically. Exactly. Yeah, because that was your third question. You were like, well, what do I do if like someone's not? Present. Yeah. I kind of just let them leave, let them vibe. People are gonna vibe to my stuff in different ways. That's Some true. people are gonna dance. Like my friends were in the front dancing, hyping <laughs> me up. There were some other people who I didn't know. They started dancing to my yeah, stuff, and I was loving that. Because yeah. I just realized there's always going to be people who are gonna be hella supportive and love what you're doing, and you can take from that. And then there's gonna be people who are a little bit more chill and like, you, I've just learned to not take it personally. Cause I used to get me being like, I'm performing, why are people looking at your phones? Why are people doing that? But I'm like, no, like, everybody is allowed to experience art differently. Some people not dancers, some people, and if they are on their phones, maybe they're putting me on their Instagram story. Or maybe they're commenting about how lame I am as an artist. Who knows? But like, <laughs> I just try not to think about that. Yeah. I just have this belief that there's someone for everyone. And so I'm not, perf I'm performing for everyone, but I can't let everyone's energies mess up mine. I just have to like, it's it's a gift. It's almost like, I don't know if you heard that saying where like, when like you give a gift, it's not up to you how the person receives it. You give it, you put it in the atmosphere, and then you vibe. If they return it, if they throw it out, whatever. So like I, you know, I give the gift of like music and poetry, and once I'm giving it, it's done. I don't care how people receive it, because that's not up to me to decide. That's up to them to decide. So if they want to receive it by being on their phones, live so your best good. life. Yeah. If they want to receive it by dancing, hyping me up, grooving, love that too. It's it's a gift, so it's not up to me. Yeah. You know, it's just not. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty crazy because, yeah, I yeah, I mean, I think that 
Yeah, you know, as someone who is creative or artistic, um, what I've what I've realized, right, being like creative and artistic, is like you put a lot of like time into whatever you're doing, right? If it's an article, if it's an event, if it's a song, if it's producing a beat, if it's making art, whatever it is, right? You put your everything into it, and then, you know, and then you have to get to a point where you just, like, release it and let it go, right? Okay. And, and once you let that thing go, it's like, it's up to you. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, and that's I like how that. I see it. You I just like that. Yeah. Let it go, and it's gonna hit someone. Like right after my performance, um, um, this guy came up with his little daughter. She had to be like four, three, oh and he said he came up like me and my friends because like my friends are having me, you know, having me up and all that. And he was like, he was like, um, what do you say? He was like. Um, you have a little fan, like she loved what you did. And she was looking and I was like, hi, what's your name? And she was just looking like, shut. and I was like, she was so cute, like the cutest little girl ever. And I, and it was like super cute. Cause like, who knew that like a four year old could feel my music like that and be chilling, you know, like who knows? And so there's always somebody who's going to feel your music. That's a part of, letting the gift out letting into the atmosphere you screw up your blessings you screw up your own artistic kickbacks when you try to determine how your art is received by people like the receiving is not up to you the giving is but the receiving is not like i said you gotta just put it in the atmosphere and people will find joy in it like some people have told me that this song made them feel like they belong some people have been like you know i just think that the guitar section is cool which i love the guitar section yeah, yeah. one of my mentors um thaddeus turner did it for me and awesome. he's amazing he's yeah. super established which is what i was saying about how established people are accessible in seattle <laughs> like you know yeah, like no, he just did it for me yeah. for free wanted wow. to like help an artist out thought it was really dope so, like favorite guitar solo ever so people like the song for different reasons yeah. and i also just don't like sometimes i'm like like i get like when there are like small comments like somebody be like oh i don't even like the song you have artists respond to it in a nasty way it's like why does that like exactly it's like so, it's like also like it's like if a, if a middle schooler comes up to any of my social medias like you suck i'm gonna be like there's probably not in the mental space i'm not gonna go in well <laughs> yeah well that's why you have no edges that's why you have to like that's exactly. petty that's like as a facilitator of energies don't put yourself on people's levels who are operating at a low frequency that's not up to you to do that's not you're not wow. obligated to it's like not good it. for your energy yeah. don't do it and like i never get when people or like people will have a whole instagram live like yeah because you know i got haters yeah. it's always you know but i'm on my grind and then they're showing <laughs> up like because you know i'm on my grind i've been investing and i've been doing this but i don't know why there are so many haters <laughs> i'm like 
if you're saying that you have like people who have haters don't be saying that they have haters they just <laughs> rock out and ignore them yeah. so you saying you have haters like that's gonna give you clout it's just wonky to me yeah. I, I don't get it it feels uh, icky <laughs> uh no that's that's insane yeah you know i yeah like i've always i've always wondered the idea of like haters you know and you know i've thought of it this way it's like there's always two different types of haters there's there there's those who hate you literally just because hate your guts. yeah <laughs> just literally just because yeah just because you were born in this world they literally hate you <laughs> and like there's nothing you can do to uh to like you know to yeah. say anything like they just they just hate you and then or maybe three times haters or two and a half i guess but the other type of haters are those that like that hate you but secretly like you at the same time yeah but they're not like you said they're at a very low frequency or or even also i also wonder people who like leave you know stupid comments on like yep. stuff or like twitter for example right oh. you know people go twitter's yeah i mean i've been on twitter for like since 2012 but i've been actively like on twitter twitter like maybe since like 2017 but like i don't comment on people's stuff because like which comes to my point which is like at the end of the day like me commenting has nothing to do with the, that person like you know like i can't I can't convince someone who's not convincible. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but uh, oh, but to my point of the haters is like I've always wondered like it it must take a special person to like listen to your stuff, watch your stuff, read your stuff, yeah. however they consume it, and then like leave a comment that has nothing to do with anything. Like like you you took an hour, ten minutes, five minutes, whatever. To like look at it, consume it, and then write. Like, yeah, I've never understood why people do that. Exactly. It's like I saw it's someone, and they were kind of problematic. But what they said was interesting. They were like, they were like, I'm really living rent free in your head, and I love that like thing, like living rent free in someone's head. That's true. Because it's like <laughs> if you're like, Whoa. everything requires intention. That's true. So if, like you said, if somebody is watching my stuff, reading my poetry, and got the nerve to want to write a whole soliloquy on how much they hate me, which I have not experienced yet, so who knows? But if someone is going to do that, I'm living rent-free in their head. Like, yeah. I'm literally chilling in their head. <laughs> you are. They are literally allowing me to chill, zoom in board, board, like, giving me, like, Places that can go, everything, everything yeah. to be in their head, wow. and it's like it makes no sense. It's just like really, like I just feel bad because I'm like, you're literally letting me live in your yeah. life. Wow. So yeah, so Perfect. I don't know. I just like that saying. I thought yeah. it was fun. That's crazy. I like that. Um, so, what is your, what is your top five concerts? You, uh, five is a little number. Let's just say, what are your like favorite concerts you've gone to i feel like that's okay. that's easier to ask because five is like it's not a five. i haven't been to a lot a lot of concerts i did go to bumble shoot last year oh how'd you like it loved it okay. i actually got in for free i feel it three days 
because I volunteered. Uh, you know the trick. <laughs> you I know the trick. I do not for the life of me you understand you know why it. people won't volunteer. You know it. Why are you going to pay a couple hundred? Especially because like, because like, here's the thing. Because some you people are like, oh, but there's no way to volunteer and go VIP. For all of us who are under 21, VIP is kind of a sham. Yeah, like what do you do? Because <laughs> it's mostly for drinking. Yeah. Like you can sit at the bars and drink. I can't drink. So why do I want to spend money to get VIP? I can get general and missing and live my best life. Exactly. And I have people literally saying to me, well, like, do you have to wear a uniform? That's lame. You, you know the vibes. The people at Bumble Shoot are mad chill about yeah. what you wear. <laughs> you could be wearing nothing, but as long as you have, like, some merch on. So you get free merch. Mm -hmm. And it's like what you do as a normal thinking person you do if you're into that you do your festival makeup the morning of like i wake up do my festival makeup volunteer they even let you see the set list so you could pick your shifts so that it's where people you don't want to see so you can give yourself that time mm -hmm. and it's like what you do is bring a little knapsack like i did when my change of clothes the second my shift is over you run to the bathroom you change you like a regular festival go of away. course but people really trying to pass up because of like fake cloud like it doesn't look cool and I'm like, and I'm like, well, I went for three days. Y'all went for zero days because y'all didn't want to do it. So, Bumble Shoe was one of my favorites. Yes. It was amazing. I would recommend that to anyone to go to a music festival rather than go to several concerts. Unless it's just an artist you love, you get way more bang for your buck going to a music festival. It's like going to an amusement park. It's so many things. Um, I love seeing Pink Sweats. His mm. mini concert was amazing. It's awesome. His vibes. Broski was literally in pink sweats. Oh, really? Last summer, 80 degrees, and he's in pink sweats with that angelic voice, Dang. doing runs, clapping, yeah. telling people, you all look so beautiful. Like, when, when we want to talk about operating on a high frequency and vibes being immaculate, pink sweats vibes were immaculate. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I liked seeing him. Tyler, the creator, was crazy. Tyler, the creator is amazing. But we love him and his crooked green wig. Cause he on the crooked green wig. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> um, they weren't at the festival, but I saw Chase Atlantic. They're like my favorite group. They're this Australian, it's like all pop, R&B-ish kind of. They do a bunch of stuff, and they're I am heavily influenced by them. Love this stuff. If I could collab with them one day, my life would be my day life. That'd be awesome. Career would be made. Um, That'd be cool. Right. So I saw them. <laughs> in concert that was amazing um i saw a choice of on in concert um he's also from australia oh. he's like a dream pop kind of singer love his stuff angelic voice bob Grimacker. he looked amazing um my very first concert that i went to was panic at the disco that was um a fun concert because brendan yuri was literally up like super high on a suspended piano playing piano and then he went and backflipped off the piano the onto the stage. No lie. Wait, and, and he like landed? Yes. He landed. Whoa. What? And I was looking like, did I just witness? Like, you know when you look like, <laughs> yeah. did I just witness? Did he really just backflip off the piano? It was incredible. Loved it. Jeez. Loved it. So yeah, that was a fun time. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, have you, 
where have you performed in Seattle or or even or even elsewhere I should say um so my very first music performance was at the Hard Rock Cafe Fun. I was in. That's here in Seattle, right? Yes. Five Fly Pike Place. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was very nervous. Uh, I was playing with a band at the time. They were very like rock, pop kind of thing, which isn't quite what I'm into. It was fun. Um, I we were just doing covers. I sung um, that Gloria Gaynor song, "I Will Survive," mm-hmm. and that was fun. It was a good time. Yeah. It also taught me that whole thing about when you give art it's not up to you how you receive it. Cause Hard Rock Cafe is also kind of like a bar. So people were like drinking on the bar side and they did not care to see a couple kids perform. Mm-hmm. They were not here for it, but it was cool. So I performed the Hard Rock. I have performed at Washington Hall, I think this was called. Mm. It's like a community center. Okay. I performed there. Um, I performed at um, Hugo House. For um, they were called Bushwick Book Club, and basically it's like a regular book club, but instead of meeting to talk about the book, you write a song about the signed book. Oh wow, that's really cool. That was challenging though, because I don't write songs from prompts. I flow. Oh uh, yeah. That was weird, but huh. I did that. Fun. Yeah. I did that earlier this year. A lot of my music opportunities about the earlier this year. I've had several virtual opportunities to perform, so it's been amazing. Um, and then in terms of in person. And then um, I did uh, the Black Joy Festival. Mm-hmm. So that's been like my like music performances. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, so with so with the virtual concerts, did you did you like them or did you think that like that like it couldn't you know um, it's a turn uh, it couldn't um, do it justice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Hmm. It was definitely easier to be grounded doing virtual things because you can't quite see how everyone's reacting to you. That's true. But then also you can't quite see everyone's reacting to you, so that can mess with your energy because you don't know like how to properly like do things like do you want to get people jumping, how do you want them to feel, that's what it is. Um so yeah. Um I liked it though, it was fun. Yeah, it's very cool. fun. Awesome. Especially I did sing for the golden thread. Because like an interdisciplinary showcase of artists, hmm. yeah, visual artists, and dancers. Uh, these two people, one is a friend of mine, and another one is his sister. They, um, and then another friend. They did a whole scene via Zoom. They were in two different spaces, but they set it up so the set looked the same. They communicated. Wow. Blew my mind. Didn't even think it was possible. That was fun, and That's that was crazy. like a thirty-minute set I yeah. did. Which was because I've been feeling recently doing writing poems based off the songs I've written. So that performance was all about that. I did poetry and music combined, intertwined. It was a really fun time. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like I like performing virtually. Yeah. I like in person a little bit more, but I feel like it's fun to be able to give a virtual performance. Mm-hmm. You're in your own house. You can do clothing changes real quick. You can be. <laughs> You can That's be true. as extra as you want it. Virtual performances, be as extra or low key. It's up to you to decide, yeah. which is great. Yeah, it's really true. I like that. That's really cool. Um, so, do you do you have any new music coming out, or do you have, or is there any music that you want to tell us about that? 
yeah. that you've written or that you're about to write or definitely yeah. so um i have a song out on soundcloud called real um i'm gonna put it out on spotify soon um like all platforms this put out in february it was a while ago it was my college audition song because oh. part of auditioning for cornish you have to show some songs they prefer original works so i had the song um i'm working on a single uh, so it's gonna be like a music single, and there's gonna be a poem based off on it. But thank you. But the I'm just gonna say, the instrumentation is insane. I'm super proud of it. Super hyped about it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm. I need to post more on my social media about it. But college is insane, so I'm kind of focusing on that. But once I get like in the feel of everything, then yeah. I will like get back to like posting regularly, showing snippets and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But um, I'm putting that out really soon. Hopefully in the next month or so, I can put it out and that will be on all platforms. Um, the, and fun fact, I'm awful at titles. I literally think the titles at the last minute. But <laughs> the title for the poem is called Little Notes and Jeans. Mm -hmm. And the title for the song is called Babe. And then parentheses, it's like the vinyl sizzle, which is weird. But huh. when me and my, um, when me and one of my music mentors were working on the song because he like basically like produced it for me with mm -hmm. some like input from me of course mm -hmm. though we wanted a cool vinyl kind of track like you know when it sounds like it's like scraping and it's oh, kind of going yeah, yeah, yeah. and we found a sample of it and they called it the vinyl sizzle and i was like i like that yeah that sounds fun i want to put in my title so i did that's cool. so yeah so that's coming out within the next month or so i'm super hyped about it yeah. um it should be fun i like that that's awesome yeah that's really cool um, what's on your mind right now? Hmm. Um, or, or what do you want to share? I should probably premise it that way. I want to share. Yeah. Mm. Or whatever. Well, one, it's a really cool day outside. I'm really happy to be here. I love talking about music. I love like talking about art, music, all sorts of stuff. Even though music and poetry are my passions, um, I love art. Like art in general is amazing for me. Um, yeah, so I'm just like really just excited. The vibes are immaculate. It's a cool place. We're in Seattle, which uh, it's good. Um, yeah, um, I'm just like thinking about that and just being like present. You've asked some really great questions, so I'm just kind of like vibing, um, answering that. I guess if there's anything I want to share, hmm. Um, I guess, did I really, did I really go into why I like started doing music or how I started doing music? No, you didn't. I guess that would be something that one, yeah. one talks about. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I, I probably should ask that question. It's all good. It's, <laughs> it's all good. Um, well, I started off writing stuff in general. Like my earliest thing that I wrote was something very similar to the Bernstein Bears, but it's about frogs. And I was like four, <laughs> and I wrote it, and I tried to draw because I thought I could draw at the time. Yeah. I thought I could. <laughs> um, writing was really important to me because actually growing up, I had a really bad stutter, like could barely speak. And I remember sometimes it was hard for me because there's like I did not have any like mental disabilities. It was just a speech thing. But a lot of people treated me like I had like I had like mental disabilities which is why to this day I have a huge heart 
for people with mental disabilities and like treating them like humans because they are humans and they don't deserve to be treated properly because I was treated that way even though I, there was nothing different about me in that case. So writing was my way to show like I am intelligent. I am like worthy of like listening to and whatnot. Art was something I could do. I really also loved music. Music was super cool. Um, I started writing songs because I would hear songs and I was like, I want to write. I don't know, these came to me once. I think fucking like American Idol or something. I was like Ryan or something. And I was like, I like this. I want to write something. So I did and I played around with it. Um, I got kind of serious about songwriting. Maybe around 15, I want to say. Started getting back into it because I took a huge break because like the ages of like 12 to 14 were kind of hard for me. So like I said, I didn't really know where I fit in. I was just, it wasn't, I didn't even know if I was good enough to even do art. I didn't feel like I was, didn't think there was a pass for me. Um, so it was kind of crappy, but I got back into it. And then this year, well, last year, like fall of 2019, I joined, well, I joined Totem Star and I joined New Speaks. Totem Star is a dope organization. They give free studio time and music mentorship to people under 21. So that's cool. Anybody's under 21, yeah. put them up. They're doing remote sessions now. People are amazing. They're my music family. Love all of them. So I started getting with that. They changed my whole outlook on music. Had me believe in myself. They gave me constructive criticism, but also constantly told me, "You got this. You're yeah. good." And then I joined You Speaks, and that was where poetry came into play because I never really, I did poetry. I never really took it seriously. But when I did that internship, they were like, you're a dope poet, you should slam. And so I slammed, and I scored extremely high, especially for the first time. And I said, I'm kind of feeling this. <laughs> yeah. Also, growing up, I was never like athletic or anything. So for there to be a competition is something that I could do, because I'm competitive, but I'm just like not athletic. I was yeah. like, oh, fat man, I can compete yeah. in words. I can do that. Yeah, so yeah, crazy. so that's kind of how I got into it and especially got into poetry. And then I just decided for myself, I don't want to make it a separate thing. I want to include spoken word in my music. I like that. Add music to my spoken word. Like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I like that. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I I could also relate with the whole like stuttering thing. Um, like I s still have it, but you know, kind of, I don't know, you kind of learn, kind of learn to deal with it. And like, you know, there's also certain like words or certain like yeah. situations and all that stuff that you like, okay, well, let me, you know, let me chill out for a second. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I also can feel what you're saying, how like, how like you, you knew that you kind of wanted to be something like creative or an artist. Yeah. But like you just didn't know where, and like yeah. with that little guidance that you got, um, which is which is important, and yeah, and you know, and like, you know, I feel like, I, f I feel like everybody should get that that type of guidance. Um, yeah, exactly. Because I'm lucky that I had that, and that I had it when I did. Because also, like when it comes to teachers, not everyone should teach. Teaching is important. And you have to have a level of maturity to do it because I feel like sometimes some teachers 
even though they're like adults, they still have like that like high school like mean person mentality. So when you get bullied, as an adult, it's the job to fix it. But in the back of Ramon's are like, well, she kind of deserves it though. Like, look at her, she's a dork. You know, exactly. like you, you can just kind of feel that. Exactly. Like, they're not really rooting for you. They're exactly. doing what they have to because of their job. Exactly. But, and then in general, and then also just like being in spaces, one thing is that it's not even the fact that people, yes, a lot of people were mean to me growing up, but it wasn't even a mean part. It was the fact that just not even acting like I existed. Like not even acknowledging my existence. That's the worst part. It's insane. Yeah. And it's something, and when you get that a lot as an artist, we just feel like nobody sees you. There's not a space for you. People aren't doing what you're doing. You don't even know what you want to do. And you don't know where to, like, like you said, finding where to start, because it's so overwhelming. Like, how does one make a song? Like, me, I had a thought of how one records a song. Then I went to the studio. Different totally different. Like I didn't know that people recorded in tapes. I never knew that people recorded in chunks. But I would, cause like I would watch movies. Really? Yeah. Cause like I just never knew that. Cause I would watch movies and they show like the scenes where they're in like the recording booth and yeah. they just sing straight through and they have this great moment and like the producer and everyone they're like, bam, that's the cut. Yeah. I never knew that people like would do it. You do a chunk and you can splice different tapes together to make the song. So if you hear like Halsey sounding great, she probably did a hundred takes of it. And like maybe the verse is the 92nd take, the chorus is the 51st take, the bridge is maybe the 48th, you know, like wow, it gets crazy. sliced. I never knew that. What? And so recording <laughs> is insane because you have to have patience and I'm a perfectionist. So I will record 80 billion times to get the right take. And then sometimes you gotta punch in and gotta like, like if maybe I'll be like, I hate it the way I said this one word. So then we'll like cut out that one word, have me record like a little chunk of it, find where that word is, cut it, and then slip it back in. And it seems together. You can do that? Yeah, it's like really fun. And actually, that was also something <laughs> in quarantine I had to learn. What? Basic splicing of huh. vocals yeah. so that you can find the takes you like and then punch in. And find what you want. It's the same as like video editing. Instead of editing a video, you're editing your voice so that, like I said, you can find the best times that you sung certain things. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's insane. I never knew you could do that. That's crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. really fun. Yeah. I didn't know it either. And I was shook. But they were like, so oh, you want to do it in one take or not? And I was like, one take? Like, I can do it in one take. Yeah. And y'all got this. And then I was like, no, I can't do it in one take. <laughs> like, yeah. It's really hard to keep the same because when you're performing, even if you're a little bit out of breath, it's chill, you can kind of vibe with your studio recording has to be perfect. And it's really hard to do it perfectly, keep the same energy throughout and everything for one whole take. So sometimes you gotta splice it wow. to get with you. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, you know, I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree and kind of see where you're coming from the whole like different takes you know like for example like when it comes to how I like write articles right like you know it takes me like I mean okay like literally ideally I could write in an article on something on somebody or like on a song in like 10 minutes if I wanted to but like it it takes 
it takes different takes and different like atmospheres and different mo- like feelings like like i have to be locked into what i'm writing and like what's present because if i don't and then like i like just write because i need to write like exactly. you know like maybe the person reading it can't tell but i can tell and that's the ma- same same way i'm yeah. like they can't tell but i can't yeah and i don't like it exactly like like i said exactly. as an artist you gotta like what you do. exactly so, yeah. i feel it um is there anything else you want to tell us i guess if there's anything i want to tell us um well in terms of art i want to see more diverse art i really do um i feel like especially when it comes to hip-hop and rap which are two different things a lot of people don't know the difference between hip-hop and rap that's true like rap is anything Rap is like you speaking in rhythm to a beat. Hip hop is a whole culture and a lot of people don't get that. And so it's like, I just want to see different voices. I do. Cause like, especially when you have like all these people saying that like female rappers don't rap as well as guys do, that guys are better rappers. And it's like, fine. You may not like Megan Thee Stallion, you may not like Cardi, for the subject matter or whatever. Miss one, guys talk about the same thing. So why are we tripping? That's but true. but also <laughs> but and guys be like but also there are if 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 we're gonna come from the thing of you know, all these female rappers, they're just gimmicky, they just show skin and they get famous. They have to. There's so many like rappers like Rhapsody, like other dope rappers don't get nearly the amount of shine because they they just don't feel comfortable doing that but it's like in order to be like male rappers don't have to worry about being pretty like they can just rap like there's other troubles that male rappers face in terms of like you know like toxic masculinity like you gotta be street you gotta be hardcore so that's but that's a separate issue when it comes to like being pretty yeah. Male rappers, Appearance-wise. exactly. They can have, they can look however, they can look like having shower days, yeah. and rap, and they'll be good. But <laughs> a lot of times, female rappers not only have to be able to rap, but they have to be conventionally attractive. They have to look a certain way, dress a certain way, be a certain way, and it's like there's not enough space for them to just exist. So, for me, I feel like I just hope that in the future, music especially what is considered black music that there can be spaces for people that all sorts of black artists can get to make their music at the same time and like you don't have to wait and only have one person raised up on the pedestal and everyone else gotta wait their turn you can all five and that's just something that i hope that's something that i hope to eventually bring to the table just be different you know make what you want to make do the music you want to do and yeah, and just like I don't know, if I were to if I were to just say like one quick thing, it'd just be like, I just want people to follow your dreams. I want people to be happy because when you do what you love, you feel so so good. And I just hate the fact that some people do not have that it's not accessible to them to follow their dreams. That genuinely like hurts my heart and I'm like working to do things to make things more accessible for um People, especially like black women, making things more accessible. That's something that I really, really like care about and that I hope that I can, 
I hope that I can have a really big platform someday just so that people could see me and be like, I can do that too. I just, I just hope that. So yeah, I, in the future, I just hope that everyone can just do their own thing, live their best life, feel all the vibes they want to feel, and just be free. Yeah. Like, that's honestly what I would hope. I like that. That's really good. Mm -hmm. You know, I, yeah, I, yeah, I agree because I think that as as someone who's black and someone who's like a artist or a someone who does writing or creative or whatever um there's a yeah there's kind of a hidden hidden like agenda or like um or like maybe like a like a um, hidden competition that we yeah. have between each other where yeah. it's like with like if you succeed i'm happy for you because you're black but I'm not because that means that you succeeded. Now there's less room for me. There you go. It's weird. Right. It's like, why can't you succeed? Like, why can't <laughs> exactly. you live your best writing life? I live my best writing life. And we see each other at the top. Like, why do I have to, why do I have to low-key be hoping, like, I really hope he fails because then I can get my, why do you want a shot because someone, because someone failed? So exactly. Toxic. Exactly. So toxic. Exactly. And like that's, you know, not to be another racism, but like other races are very good at like, if someone yes. like if someone eats, they all eat. Yes. Right. And you know my, my, my hope, same as your hope, is that like, hopefully I can get to a point where I can be able to like, tell people like, hey man, like sure i came from like i came from the gutter i guess you could say or i came from the yeah. you know from the bottom but i'm able to bring everybody that's around me up instead of like oh oh like ah you know remember that interview we had like five years ago like yeah. you were small but i was still slightly bigger than you now i'm bigger than you like i don't know who you are type of situation yeah. you know but yeah you know and i think also it's like um you know i like like I like kind of how to put it. Like in a in a very interesting way, I like the time that we're in because we're now realizing like you know our fellow black artists and our fellow black yeah. people that unite, right? Yeah. Like like we 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 like uh, we, we like we like have to stick together. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, yeah. and we, we have set to the tone. exactly. Yeah. We set the tone. We cannot expect. This is the thing. We cannot expect equality. We're gonna be divisive and cut people out. Like that whole, which I may, I may write a poem about this, but hey, the whole thing about it being like you're not invited to the cookout, who's invited to the cookout, who's not invited to the cookout, is so dumb to me. <laughs> yeah. You're all, all like people determining you're like you ain't black because you do this. It's like, look at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because of the way I look, I'm black. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Yeah. And there's this kind of thing, like I said, like well, you're not invited to the cookout because you know wow. you're too dark you're not invited to the cookout because you're gay you're not invited yeah. to the cookout because of that it's like it's crazy so dumb yeah you, so dumb yeah. how do we expect equality if we can't even be kind to each other exactly like, we set the tone yeah like the and you know to add on to that like it that you know i you know like being that i'm african right and like i'm african but i can't like I mean, sure, I'm African and I'm black at the same time, but like, I feel like sometimes there are certain things that people say that are like about Africans. They're like, "Oh, 
yeah. you're African. Like you don't know what what, yeah. what 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 I go through. Or like for example, like I've been told like you sound white or you dress white or you act white. Like I'm like. Yeah, so. and, and then it's like guilt sometimes <laughs> yeah, like, like, like have you ever talked to someone and they get disappointed when they find out you aren't from the projects like you ever talk to like i've had people like talk to me to try to like help me like, give me anything and when they find out that like my dad works in technology and we're pretty okay and when, <laughs> and when they find out that like i grew up in the suburbs most of my life when they find out they get disappointed because then they can't like save me yeah. and it's like why are you but it's the whole point like that's also why the whole like when people say black lives matter sometimes it feels like black poverty matters black death matters but black life doesn't matter because if you say that you're for blm and black lives matter then you should be happy seeing people like me you should be happy seeing people like you because that means oh we made it we did it we're for the most part thriving mm -hmm. you know isn't that the point but why do you sound disappointed when you find out that like we're not poor or from the projects or like we might have two parents like wh wh why do you like feel it's just very weird mm -hmm. it's like do you really want me to succeed or do you just want someone to save and that's it's crazy the icky, yeah icky part of yeah it, it is yeah no it, it is it, it's yeah it's very yeah you said it perfectly like it yeah it's just it's like yeah it's very confusing and then yeah and then like it it kind of makes me feel like shoot maybe, maybe my parents did too well like what the heck wait and then it's that guilt because then you start thinking of like, am i not oppressed enough yeah or yeah exactly or like or like or like or like even sometimes i go into like into this like weird headspace of like all right so i'm black but like and i have this like music blog or whatever and this thingy but like i'm not putting my people on so should i should I feel guilty because I'm not putting my people on, or should I feel like, like I should be able to give each and every single person a, a, a like equal opportunity, exactly. you know? But it's like, yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's crazy. It's weird, yeah. and then at least I don't know this for you, but for me, it's also the guilt of feeling like, why was I the one who was picked? Especially when I go into like when I have to do like youth leadership things or whatever, it's always like, why me though? Because then I think, because like mm. I said, I can code switch very well. I co-switched to the point where I don't even recognize that I'm co-switching. I'm just used to doing that. And it's something when you go into these environments and you have people trying to tell you about your experience and being like, shut up because you're not black don't enough. Yeah. We don't want to hear you. Yeah. But also huh. knowing that at the end of the day, I am palatable to a lot of white people. I am. And I know that, and I know the privilege that comes with being palatable because I'm not threatening yet, yet. <laughs> you know, like for the moment, course, I'm not course. like threatening. So sure. it's just like sometimes I feel that guilt of I know plenty of people who are just as smart as me, just as deserving of any other opportunity, but maybe they can't code switch as well. Maybe they don't have what I have, and it makes me feel guilty sometimes because I'm like, am I the best? Or am I just palatable? Like, what's like, what's what's that fine line between speaking up for your people and for yourself, but also being like professional and not always being one that's like snapping off all the time and feeling like you gotta speak for everyone. Yeah. Like going into spaces, and I'm like, I am one black person. Yeah. Same like, like our experiences are different. You gotta just figure how 
how, how does someone expect me to speak for not only me, but speak for you as well? You can't. I can't. <laughs> you don't know me. Exactly. So it's like, <laughs> you literally have people expecting me to speak for every black person. Like, we're just a monolith. And it's like, hi. Yeah, you can't. I can't do that. Yeah. I don't know how it is. But it's that feeling. So then, it's like, I can't even say stuff that's like personal to me. Because I got to say stuff that can work for like every black person. It's just a lot. And it has kind of taken a toll on me, but I like it because I'm like, somebody got to do it. Because at least, even if it's just my voice, that is one voice. It's a voice. It probably wouldn't be a voice. So I can take my privilege in knowing how to quote unquote speak correctly and knowing how to handle myself in certain certain situations. And I can then put people on don't have that privilege and that's just how I try to you know yeah. handle it. but yeah. it is very tough I feel that yeah I like that yeah I mean yeah I mean yeah like basically I, to close out yeah just yeah I mean it's like yeah it's it's very yeah it's very important like I like fortunately uh, when I was younger my my I'm kind of talking about what we talked about earlier about how like certain things you do when you're younger like yeah. you're like eh, what the heck but like but when I was younger um, I there was this like um, this like this like black guy from I think it's from the south or whatever his name was Dr. Griffin was, he was like a really cool guy but he would he would like he would like basically host these like um, sessions for like the Kenyan community because that's where I'm from right oh, Kenya cool. yeah and so he would like host these, commu- these scenes and we'd write poetry we'd do like presentations we'd, yeah yeah, and and I was like probably ten or eleven. Um, but but uh, what did I say? That? Oh, <laughs> uh, the point being is that he is that he is that he said this thing called um, it was called um, on demand testing, meaning that like uh, at any moment I can like. Like you said, turn on the switch and be able to like speak what I want and say what I need, and then like go back. And I think it's a very vital skill to be quick on your feet yeah. because like you know if you're not quick on your feet, like someone exactly. could just wash over you. Exactly, know? but so. it's like what well, my thing is, code switching. We get that. Like some things are necessary. Like the stuff you say to your friends, you wouldn't say to your parents. Of course. Like yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> That's a part of code switching that I get. Yeah. But where code switching can be dangerous is like, well, what's the code? And if there's one code for everything, and if you're not naturally in that code, you have to learn that code. And they're not trying to learn your code, you know? It's that, that's why code switching can be toxic. Code switching, at the base of it, is nothing wrong with that. Like you said, you need to be quick on your feet. You need to know how to handle yourself in different environments. However, like I said, it should be that way all around. Like, if people tell people who are immigrants to speak English, which is a whole other thing, and yeah, that, gets on my, that gets on my nerves, yeah, then stupid. if you visit Mexico, then you should be speaking Spanish yeah. because post like, exactly. like, why? Like, that's disrespectful. <laughs> exactly. if, if we're keeping that rule of thumb, if you go to an Asian country, I expect you to speak Korean or Japanese or Chinese or whatever else. It's gonna yeah. be because I mean, you're in their country, right? Yeah. So the language. But that's the thing why code switching is toxic because there's only one code. It's not like everyone's switching codes based upon 
culture, you know, when in Rome, mm -hmm. it's more just like, it's more just like, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. When in America, do as the Romans do. Mm -hmm. When in <laughs> the street, do as the Romans do. Yeah. And that's when it gets weird, and that's why I sometimes don't like it, because it's like, you, everything is very Eurocentric to the fact that if you're anything else, like I said, nobody cares about learning about you, you know? Like the fact that, like, I never had to learn about, like, white culture or white history. It's just there. Yeah, like, I grew up with it. Exactly. You grow <laughs> up with it. Like, you don't, you know, like, you don't, you don't, you know, like, think about it. It's yeah. just there. But yet, there has to be, like, black history and, like, Asian history and this history, but it's, like, white history it's not called white history, it's called history. Yeah, of course. Like, but yeah. everyone else is like, that's the thing, it's just so, so weird. And for someone like me, growing up, it's a very weird situation when you learn that, when you're in a, when you're in a point where you're like, you're too black to white settings, and you're reminded of that anytime you're there, but yet you're too white for black settings. Even though like, I'm like or fully black. Like, same color <laughs> the same people exactly <laughs> literally exactly it's like the gate like you said the gatekeeping we have to stop like that will literally be our downfall i hope as black people especially as black artists mm -hmm. that we stop gatekeeping and that we remember that there's intersectionality like disabled people problems are black problems because mm -hmm. guess what there are black disabled people who would have thought this like queer <laughs> problems are black problems yeah. because there are black queer people every other problem if it's fat phobia it's also a black issue because there are black fat people all that kind of stuff once we stop gatekeeping just let people live and like you don't gotta like someone you don't gotta be friends with someone yeah. but don't try to impede on their existence and you don't have to want to sleep with someone to treat them with common decency Especially when it comes to women, like it's this thing where, like, especially for like black women, we don't always get respected unless unless someone wants to like date us or whatever. But it's like you can just treat someone with human decency because it's the right thing to do. Of course. You know, yeah. I just I just hope that we can get past that. Cause I feel like if we do, cause like we got like we created a lot of things, a lot of trends. We're still creating trends. People yeah. are always biting from us. <laughs> of course. We got this. If we can just get the divisiveness down, yeah, then we're we'll set. be coasting. Yeah, we'll be we're on set. Queen, exactly. You know, because the divisiveness is dumb. Like, like even the divisiveness between, like, African-American people and African people, that divisiveness is dumb because we're all black. <laughs> exactly. Why are we getting on each other? Why are we exactly. fighting each other? Why are we being mean to each other? It's all dumb, like, because I know it's idealistic. We can get along for months, like. Exactly. And it just be so much better. Yeah. More art would be created, better art would be created. It would just be really cool. Yeah, more trends and everything would be Exactly, there. Yeah. exactly. For we sure. can learn from each other, and that's what matters. I like that. Um, so, uh, where can we find you? Um, so I have an Instagram, it's Grey Dreamer, G-R-A-E, and then Dreamer, like Daydreamer. Again, I was feeling witty. Um, so you can find me there. You can find me on SoundCloud, um, as Grey Violet, that's Violet with two T's. Um, where else can you find me? That's kind of where I tend to hang out, that's where I'm at. Yeah. That's where you can find my art. Like I said, I 
I've, I'm still posting, but I'm posting less because I'm in college starting, but I will be posting more. There will be plenty of music updates, plenty of poetry updates, because I have some really dope projects coming yeah. up that I'm excited to share. So that's awesome. where you can find me. Sweet. That's cool. Well, it was a pleasure. Yes, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you for yeah, having me. This anytime. was the vibes were immaculate. Yes, awesome. I like it. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, and bearing with all the loud and honking and whatever was going on uh, throughout the episode. But I appreciate you all taking time to listen to Gray and I's conversation. Um, I had a great time just talking to Gray about music, life. And and um, and I think that as long as you were like listening, you could tell that like, I don't know. Green, I got along or whatever. So, so it was cool. It was a cool experience to just talk to someone who kind of like shares the same beliefs and kind of can see my perspective, and I can also see their 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 perspective as well. So it was cool. So anyway, that is what season two is all going to be about for the podcast. Um, I will try to drop an episode every month. Um, I don't think I can drop one every week just because it is only me, but. If you want to be on the on the podcast, um, just hit me up. Uh, hit I don't know Instagram or not Instagram me. Uh, hit me up in the DMs, because um, yeah, my DMs are dry. But n- nonetheless, hit me up in there and just be like, I want to be on the podcast. And truly, you don't have to be someone that like completely loves music. If you just want to talk, um, let's put it on. So anyway, you can follow us on Instagram at The Wandering Year, Facebook, The Wandering Year with an S, Twitter, The Wandering Year, our website, thewanderingyear.com. And we also are um, raising money for The Wandering Year and for biop uh, creators and individuals and organizations in the Pacific Northwest. So yeah i hate i i truly hate asking for stuff but if you are down um just let me know the link will be in the in the in the description but if you just go to go to givebutter.com slash twe support fund you can do all that um if you go to our instagram just click the link in our instagram bio you can click that and then share with your friends that way i don't have to like ask people to do it but uh, but yeah, if you feel compelled and you generally want to give, um, that'd be much appreciated. But you don't, you you don't you you don't need to give for me to feel that you're supporting. So if you're not able to, it's cool. If you're able to, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, that's that's all for that. So uh, I I I just hope you guys all have a good day or evening. And if you're in the Seattle, Washington area, wear a mask because the smoke is bad. Unless, yeah. But, yeah. It was crazy. I guess someone like, I don't know, maybe some hot box in the air. But that's another conversation for another day. Anyway, I'll see you guys next time. Later. Bye.